praise God for the fact that he did that for all of us. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, good evening once again. And again, this is a, a privilege to be able to stand before you and to share God's word with you. I don't know that there's anything, uh, it's a, a paradox uh, that gives me more pleasure and yet makes me, you don't want to say humble because you say when you're humble then it means that you're proud. <laughs> but that kind of humbles you to be able to, to do that and to, to be with you, to share God's word with you and to encourage you. On um, behalf of all of us over here, we want to say thanks for making us feel at home as one. Um, that's one of the most wonderful things that you can experience when you go somewhere, you feel at home. And uh, we just appreciate that very much. Um, I, I usually give this story, but I have a friend of mine. Uh, if I called him and told him, and uh, I don't know if he can know, but maybe his house must be in a real mess now because because of the hurricane. And um, generally speaking, if a visitor come home and you have a white phone, and you know they, they want to, even though the house is clean as a whistle, they want to make it cleaner still if that's possible. And uh, but she would say to her husband. Oh, well, praise God, it's Carol Matrim, I don't have to clean the house. <laughs> uh, that sounds as if, well, if you don't care about me, but because she says, you know, this is your, like your home. And I, that makes me feel, you know, uh, that I feel at home there. And I just thank you for your sincere love. Uh, without hypocrisy, um, Peter would call it that you have shown towards us over the years and again uh, this year. I think so much that um, I've heard that Brother Jesse said that I don't know what news they passed down to their wives down there, but that Brother Jesse's wife and Brother Elvis's wife said, we would like to come up here next year. <laughs> And so they must have said something good about you uh, to make them want to come. Uh, but we just praise God for your love expressed in so many different ways, in every way possible, um, that you've done. Thank you very much for making us feel comfortable at home and the joy of fellowship. Thanks to all those of you who have labored, cooking, making sure, one particular person making sure that I get green tea yeah. <laughs> and lemon. Uh, even though somebody bought a lemon for me yesterday. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for all the little details, the little things that, you know, if you didn't do it, we wouldn't miss it. But you did it nevertheless. So many things. And that's praise God for your fellowship together. For being able to come here, listen to God's word, um, I tell people, you know, there's one thing I like to come here for, is that you can preach and you can listen to people, uh, even though they might present a different view to you, and you don't feel as if 
you are, well, I've been in situations like this. If you say, if you swerve a little bit from what uh, certain people don't believe in, they want to call you a heretic. And I just I thank the Lord for the comfort that this brings uh, in this fellowship, in this conference, to be able to, to share God's word and that you would see it out. See if those things that were said were so. And now we have to go home and do that after this week to search the scriptures. And that's good. And you could leave a conference and that will leave you to search the scriptures. And uh, not just go home and say, well, we had a good service. So, so many people came forward or whatever. But it's to go onward from here and search the scriptures. I thank the Lord uh, for that. I, there's so many other things I can say, but just take it with thank you very much. God bless you all. <clears throat> Last, well, Monday night, I started a message to challenge you on the surrendered life, the consecrated life. Now, so many Christians go through a life of ministry, doing good, doing well at it, very faithful in it and don't know the joy of doing it as unto the Lord or for the Lord. Um, one way that you can tell is that if something goes wrong and you uh, somebody says something about what they did, they get offended. Or if you had to ask somebody else just to replace them for the time being. They get offended, want to know if something is wrong. And they sometimes want to give up. The person that serves the Lord or that is consecrated to the Lord, that does not move them. That doesn't change and give them a bad attitude. The consecrated life changes one's attitude towards things. It gives you a different perspective and enables you, when the thorn in the flesh comes, to be able to still serve God with a faithful heart, a sincere mind, and a great love. And that keeps you walking with the Lord. And too many people who say they serve the Lord, they give up so easily, and that's because they have never really surrendered their life to the Lord. There's a difference between when God called me and I said, yes, Lord, I want to serve you. Uh, I remember when he called me to preach. I remember the Sunday morning, at least when I felt that way. Uh, I used to have the feelings before, uh, but then that particular Sunday morning, actually, my brother preached a sermon. And I can remember some of it. That's way back in 1969 um, when I knew that the Lord called me. And I wanted to go to Bible school. I didn't know of any Bible school. But I said, um, church prayer for me, that, I wanted Bible. that was in uh, the early part of, uh, the last part of the year, uh, 69, 70, I think it was. Yes, 69. And then I said I was going to Bible school. Um, in August, I 
Well, the next year, and I didn't know anything about anybody in school, we had a go-to. And the Lord, without me knowing, was working on the heart of a missionary in St. Thomas, who decided, he looked in his directory, and he was trying to advertise the school, the Water Bible College, and he just sent out letters to every missionary that he knew, around that, that name, he didn't know the missionary, but the name of the missionary, and he got the address from their mission board or whatever, and he sent out the letter, and advertising the school. And so the letter came, and they put it on the bulletin board. And immediately I saw that letter, and now God told me that's where you're going to. I, I can remember praying God, I, you know, which Bible school, because I didn't know any, I just knew I was going. And the August of that year, uh, the Lord led me to the water by Now, I responded to that call, but that didn't mean I was surrendered to the Lord my whole life. I don't it was later on when I started to do the study and God spoke to me concerning these things I said that I started to seriously understand this matter of presenting my body, my life, my, not just the ministry, but to the Lord. And that changed my perspective of things about what God wanted me to do. And God started to open doors about uh, knowing more about this matter, as I said, led me to some wonderful books and to talk to some people about this matter. It took me about five years before I was able to preach a message like this to the church because I wanted to be sure that this was true and that I sought it in my own life. And I, I speak um, carefully here because I don't want to make you feel that I am saying you know I'm all this consecrated to the Lord what I know is this that as you surrender your life to the Lord more and more you find things in your life that you need to surrender to the Lord and there's a continuous act of presenting your body a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God and so they tell us that when we do that, that the tense is that you, once you put your body on the altar and say, Lord, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll do what you want me. I'll go where you want me to go. Um, I was telling, I can't remember, some, not too long ago, a couple of days ago, I think it was, we were talking about going to Africa and different places. And I said, don't you think I'm not fearful when I'm going? I'm afraid in my own self. And some people think, you know, you're brave. <laughs> they don't know under that uh, I have my human fears of going. Uh, last year when I went, I was under a lot of stress. I just, I was going, I knew I was going, but there were some things stuck at my heart. Where are you going? What are you going for? And the fears. And then I even started to get sick. Um... But I knew that I had to go. And the Lord took care of me. The fears that I had, nothing came to pass. So it's not that you become a superhuman being. Actually, 
You see more of your frailties than ever before. That's right. You start to understand that. You start to acknowledge your fears. You don't hide them anymore. You don't try to be and show people that you're a strong Christian, that you're a dedicated Christian. It is like what it says of Moses when he came down from the mount. His face shone, but he did not know it. And that, when you, you, you serve the Lord, um, you do things, God working on your behalf, things happen to you, and God gives you the grace. And is that you don't step out to show people that you have great faith. Actually, you feel as if, like in I feel, that as if you have such little faith. When I hear people talk about how great faith they have and how all these wonderful things they have, uh, I just say, well, that's, I'm sorry, but that's not me. And it brings you to the place where you feel you're not able to do it. And that's when God proves his power to enable you to do it. Without him, we could not. I mean, in the true sense of serving him. I can do nothing. I can, on the other hand, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so the consecrated life is a life of a continuous action presenting your bodies to the Lord all the time. Now, it is taken from the Old Testament concept of the sacrifice. Of you put in your body on the altar and giving that to God. And there are results that come out of that. And one of them, if not the main one, is that you produce fruit. And the fruit you produce is the fruit of the Spirit. Today, or closing thoughts. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 from verse 18 and see as you what happens as you surrender your life to God you yield your members there's a new attitude towards things there's a new activity in relationship to the world in relationship to your thinking in relationship to your personal life. So there's a call for consecration. I beseech you to present your bodies. The ground for it is the mercies of God. For you're not your own, you're bought with a price. And so you give God what belongs to Him. So number one, we are God's own by purchase. We are bought with a price. But God wants us to give ourselves now by deed of gift. God, I give your, my life to you. Then we are. And then God accepts that gift as we present it holy, blameless. Before God, we come that all who we are, what we are, God, I give myself to you. 
In Ephesians chapter 5, we have a well-known verse there and a command. And I want to share quickly with you this. It tells us in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Father, bless your word and help us. Help me. I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And be filled, but be filled with the Spirit. I just want to look at that statement first of all, and then look at the results of this. Here's a command to be filled with the Spirit. This has nothing to do with when you get saved and the indwelling of the Spirit that takes place. But this is a command given to us. Notice, first of all, they tell us, those who know the Greek language, and know it a little bit, it tells us the verb is in the plural number. And so he's talking to all believers. Particularly as he speaks to the church at Ephesus. Be ye all filled with the Spirit. Now the reason why is this. A lot of people feel that that is for the preacher or the deacons. Or for those who are in charge of some ministry. Or a Sunday school. No, that's for everyone to be filled with the Spirit. Every Christian, regardless what your ministry is, or if you don't have a ministry in church. If it is that God just brings you here, and you listen to God's word, um, because of your whatever situation, you're not able to do certain things, the command is for you to still be filled with the Spirit. So that in whatever you don't do, if I might put it that way, or you can't do, you will do it, under the control and the power of the Holy Spirit. Even sitting in your pew as a faithful member being here. And so the command is in the plural number for all in here. To consider this matter in your life. Then it tells us the verb is in the passive voice. Meaning this. That be filled with the Spirit means let the Spirit fill you. So when you yield to God, it is not that you go out and start to, what some people think being filled with the Spirit is, and start to shake themselves and say, oh God, no, and oh, ah, whatever else, you know, and try to get it done. The passive voice is that as you yield, God will, the Holy Spirit will fill you. And it is personal quiet. Nobody don't even have to know that he's still in you. Christianity, real Christianity, is not a show-off Christianity. And the filling of the Holy Spirit is personal between you and God. And that God will do what he promises to you. Don't try to mimic anybody. Don't try to feel that you have to do what somebody else do to be filled. You just yield yourself to God quietly. And God will fill you quietly. But you will remain quiet. And when I say that, you will start in your life 
to change some things. Because the Holy Spirit will fill you with this fruit. As he'll show you. Then it tells us not only is the verb in the plural number and in the passive voice, but the verb is in the present tense. Present continuous action of something that started before and hence continual. So it is an action that starts initially. And then it continues in your life. So be ye continually filled with the Spirit of God. In order for that to happen, you have to continually yield yourself to God. Hence, back to Romans chapter 12. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable on God. Continue to present your body day by day to the Lord. As you go around your life, Lord, I mean, how, when God speaks to you about something, speak to him, say, Lord, I, I, I give myself to you. And keep on yielding. Because you've never, we have not yet come to the place where we've yielded all to God. We've yielded what we know about ourselves. But God will reveal some things in our lives as we yield ourselves to him. And we are filled with the Spirit about some other things that we need to let go of. For example, there are some things that at one stage of your life you did not see as wrong. People would come and tell you, you know, you should stop doing that or stop doing this or something. And you would say, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. A couple of years down the road, that very thing, as you grow in the Lord and as you yield to the the Spirit of God, you'll realize it was wrong in truth, it was sinful. So as you yield yourself to God and the Holy Spirit fills you, then you'll become more like God, being conformed to His image. But well, I'll get to the, the fruit of the Spirit in a moment. Then they tell us the verb is in the imperative mood. Not only is it a plural number, a passive voice, present tense, but the verb is in the imperative mood. That is, it is a command. God is not begging us to do it. He says, be filled. And when God commands something, we must seek to obey. There are some things in the Bible where God tells us we must go. One of them is going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One of the signs of a consecrated person, a yielded person to God, is obedience. I don't want to frighten you, but these things must be said. When you do that, some things will happen to your life that you might think are bad. Suffering. Not necessarily only physical, different, different ways. You know what it says about the Lord Jesus in Hebrews? The Son of God. Is that through suffering, he learned obedience. This Christianity or that we have, that everybody flock, well, not everybody, praise God, not everybody, because not us, right? That so many flock, people are flocking to. 
Now God don't intend, don't want you to be sick. That if you're sick, then it's demon possession. Or that you don't have faith in God. Well, they don't read about Paul and others. Some of the mightiest men for God have been men and women who suffered greatly. That frightens some people. We, I don't like him, alright? I mean, people in our church know that. You could look in my bag that I travel with, and you'll find some painkillers there. As soon as I start to feel any pain, I'm not addicted. I just, this is my concept. If you have pain, and you have something that can take care of your pain, don't come complain to me and tell me, man, my head hurting me and this hurting me. And I said, well, here, here's some uh, Tylenol, whatever you use, or Cetamol. I don't take, I know, um, I don't take any, I don't like to take any painkillers. Well, enjoy your pain. <laughs> I tell you, I don't like pain. Um, so, the very thought of suffering causes my soul to recoil. But behind that all, I know this, that God is in control and that God is working in my life. Now he's trying to get me to learn to be more obedient. Sorry. I was just tempted to say something, but I'm not going to say that. Really crazy, but I'll talk to you afterwards. <laughs> About learning, me learning obedience through suffering. But God commands us. And so right now, don't, don't assume that you've done that already. Talk to God in your soul right now. God, I want to do this. I want to be yielded to you. I want to yield myself to the Spirit of God. Now the word, the word when it says be filled, one of the meanings of it that I have come up with is that is to be controlled. The word means to be controlled by the Spirit of God. One of the fruit of the Spirit, or let me say not one of them, part of the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. A controlled life, not one given to extremes. Watch out anytime you see a person given to extremes. The spirit-filled life is a life that is temperate in all things. Control. So when you hear a person say this, and he says, be controlled by your spirit. And some people brag and say, you know, that's just me. I like to speak my mind. That's not the spirit of God. 
Or opposite to that, some people say, you know, I just, I'm not like other people. I just like to keep to myself. And I don't, that's their business. I'm not going to say anything. That's not the spirit of God either. You see, we have personalities, all of us, that are different. And whatever causes it, whether it's genes, DNA, circumstances, background, whatever, we have different types of personalities. And I don't know, some people argue they're not, you know, these, the ones that somebody came up with, the sanguine, uh, the melancholy, the choleric, and the, uh, the one I am. Oh boy, the impulsive one. Uh, anyhow, I can't remember. It'll come up in a little way. But anyhow, that we have different personalities. And what God, the, the Spirit, filling us, this is what it wants. It wants to take us, our personalities, and to temper them. Or they say, you know, some people are more this and less that and so on. And He wants to temper us and control us and allow us to have his personality in our lives that God be seen in us and not we be seen in our lives people that's who we are you know, God wants to change that that people might see Christ in us his personality that's what being filled with the spirit is controlled now uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, let's turn there, uh, not, uh, yeah, I said Ephesians, Galatians, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, just want to read them and make a comment here. <clears throat> it's so easy to walk in the flesh, turn from walking in the Spirit to the flesh. You have to be very careful with that. And that's why we need to be continually controlled by the Spirit of God. It tells us, I'll just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22 of Galatians 5, for the sake of time. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, but the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. But there are nine things here. So what the Spirit of God, when you, when you allow Him to control you, is that these things will make you a balanced person. Some people, they show a lot of love, but they have little joy. Some people, they are kind, but they're not long-suffering. Some people have faith, but there's little gentleness in them. The fruit of the Spirit is one. I liken it onto a multi-vitamin talent. I always wonder how, as, as we, especially when you get older and you buy, what do we call it? Um, centrum, silver, centrum. And you read on the, on the label, of all, I mean, about, I, <laughs> like one for every age, every year of your life. 
and it has in all these vitamins in this little, little thing. How on earth they could get all of those vitamins in there? Well, you know, I can't take one of those multivitamins and say, today I want only vitamin C. So I can take this little tablet, or whatever it is, and cut out my vitamin C. Or B, vitamin B, or whatever else. I can't cut it, cut, can't cut it out. All of them are in that one tablet. So when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't cut out and say, you know, a piece and say, well, I, I have the fruit of the Spirit and it is love. So, as you yield to the Spirit of God, all of these are part of your life. And as you yield day by day, this is what happens. He fills you more. It's like, well, not a balloon because a balloon could burst, but let's I'll use a balloon. That is a small, and as you blow air in it, it expands and it takes the air. So as you yield to the Spirit of God, He fills you and fills you and fills you. And these qualities of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of the others that I mentioned, long, uh, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and so on, all of these start to grow in your life. You grow in these things. You become more gentle, more temperate, and all the other things there. And that's why we need to yield day by day so that we can have these in the cars of our lives concerned. As full as possible. That we grow in these things. So that, as I do that, if I love to, I mean, as I heal myself, my love will grow, my temperance will grow, my gentleness will grow. My goodness will grow as I yield to God. Right. Now, back to Ephesians chapter 5 and show you the results of this. Right? I'll just mention them without lingering on them, but you know, we could linger on these so much. And be not drunk with wine, wine is excess, but be filled. Control with the Spirit. Number one, what happens? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. You will start to have a singing spirit. There'll be a, I mean, you'll get up in the morning, and God will give you a song. Singing will take on a different meaning to you. Make Making melody in your heart. That's why you said it's not a show-off thing. Now, God wants us to sing, you know, that people can hear and specials and so on. However, to me, if there's one set of people that need to yield themselves to God and that you can get proud very easily, is a person who has a good voice. And I believe that's why God didn't give me a good voice. I try, I, I mean, you hear me sing now? I sing, and these could, these will make it very fair. I sing 75% better than when I first got saved. You can actually hold a little tune now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't before. 
I didn't even know if I was going up or down. But God gives you a, a song. But I, I say this about Friday, just be careful. Yield yourself to God. You know? One, one about music, that's what the world goes after. And one thing the devil was good at was music. He was the chief musician. You know, one of the people that give churches a lot of trouble, some leaders. But we'll move on from that. Verse uh, 19, yes. Second thing, you will have a thankful heart. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father. And just in case you're some here in here. <laughs> well, you know, be a preacher and say very nicely, if the cap fits you, wear it. <laughs> but I say if you are some leader, yield yourself to God. You don't know how important a some leader is to a church ministry. And that's the first person the congregation hears and sees most of the time in churches. And you set the tone for that ministry, for that service. Then there'll be a thankful heart. That's what it tells us in verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Next thing is that you'll have a submissive attitude one to another. And you wouldn't think that you're more than another person. Well, we've been going through Revelation at home on Wednesday nights, and one of the things that in the letter after the church is there is talks about the Nicolaitans. My, my feeling about that is that uh, th these are people, that's where the clergy and the laity started. And where those who were behind the pulpit felt that they were better than those in the pew. And so today, we who are pastors sometimes feel that we are more than the people down there because we are pastors. And that we must understand that we are one body. And that we are servants. And that we are to submit ourselves one to another. And then it goes on to why uh, submissive uh, love the one's husband it tells us there and verse 22 wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord the modern world makes women feel that this verse is anti-women And, well, I tell these, you know, what I feel about that, that God loves women in a very special manner. He's made them different to man, especially. He just took dirt and put Adam together. When he made Eve, he took his name and he formed a different word. And he loved the woman so much that he gave her an extra protector, and that's the man. 
And that's why he said, submit yourself to your own, to your person. Oh, well, I'll give this illustration. I usually give it to explain that. Oh, you can see I'm not a, a very large fellow. Oh, sorry, not a large fellow. <laughs> they call the belly. Um, if you look at me and look at my wife, you might think that she's stronger than I am. She looks younger. Uh, but she feels more safe when I am at home than when she's home alone. I don't know what makes her feel that when somebody comes. <laughs> that I'm not going to run. <laughs> But something in her as a woman, a man is at home. And gives her that feeling of having a protector there. And that's how much God loves you. So when he tells you submit yourself, doesn't mean to become a slave. He says, listen, I've given you the man to be your protector, your provider, and your lover take care of you. And you have an extra protection that a man does not have. Although some men, their wives fill that role for them. We call them what? Um, Hentech husbands? Or? In, in, in Zimbabwe, you call them petticoat government. <laughs> that is petticoat. You know, who, you know who, who wears a petticoat, right? A petticoat ruling. That is verses, and then verses 25 to 33. Boy. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And people argue, which is the hardest, to submit to your husband or to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? You know, the human being is not a naturally submissive person. And that's why God said that. That's why God commands it. Because if it was natural to submit, then you wouldn't have to tell us to do that. It's easy for us men to love ourselves. And if, if, well, if love your own body, you probably love your wife as your own self. Husbands, well, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I have to pray that all the time. Well, I say all the time. Help me to love my wife is to love the church. I feel many times that then from chapter 6, verses 1 to 3 obedient spirit to one's parents. As a child, if, if children can submit themselves to the Lord and be filled with the Spirit of God, as long as they And it'll give you a different attitude towards your parents. You'll have an obedient spirit for your parents if you're filled with the Spirit. And then as parents, you'll have a spiritual responsibility to your children. Verses, the same verses 1 to 3. Verses 5 to 8, you have a spiritual understanding in one workspace that when you go to work, 
you will be filled with the Spirit there too. And that might be a hard place to be, especially those of you in customer service. You know that all the people that come in with all the problems and vex and, and they're in a hurry. And you've got to face different type of people. I mean, I feel sorry for you. And there's somebody up. And it must be so easy to get peeved and to tell them what you would like to tell them. But you want to keep the job. And that's the only reason you tell them something. And the only way that you can be true to that job and to be able to change that attitude and to transfer it to the right spirit to your customer is to be filled with the Spirit of God. You can go to all the Dale Carnegie courses and everything. There will be people when they come to your country, as much as they learn you how to win friends and influence people and, and all the other things. That, uh, when, they, when those people come there, with all the different type of attitude and demands and complaints and so on. If you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, your carnal, your, the natural flesh in you, the old man in you, will start to get raised up. And then when you get home, you have somebody complain, that's all you can talk about. These people that come up. Man, these people that, was, that came today. Or maybe it's your work, your work mates. And then you'll have a spiritual response towards those who work for you. The spirit-filled person will treat the persons that work for them in the right manner. Uh, I just mentioned these without developing because of time. So we'll conclude. Dear believers, being surrendered to the Lord will affect every single area of your life. It will start to do that. Change your attitude. Make you see some things in your life. As you yield to God. Now when somebody point out something to you. About yourself or your personality. Or your attitude. You wouldn't just say well that's me. The Lord please help me. You will yield to the Lord. That's why he said earlier that there's a difference between devotion or dedication to something and consecration or surrender to the Lord. Think of your life today. Can you say that you've surrendered your life to the Lord? I'm not talking about if you surrendered your life to ministry or being a Sunday school teacher or a song leader or a wife or a husband. Or if you're a good worker. Or if you're nice to people. Well, some people can be very nice to people outside, but very bad to their family inside. Or you've learned to treat the customer good. The call is for all people. But it takes a distinct action of the believer. A deliberate action. Say, Lord, I present myself to you. I want you to think about that during the course of the days ahead and talk to the Lord. God, please help me to come to this place in my life. And God, 
If you think that you've come to that place in your life, say, Lord, just help me to continue to yield myself. Lest you lose your reward. Because friends, you can start to let things get to you and start to walk in the flesh. So continue to walk in the spirit. So that one day, this is what's going to guarantee you. All that has been said is, I mean, it's true, all the other things put together. But this is going to guarantee you, if you surrender yourself to the Lord and yield yourself to the Spirit of God continually, this is going to guarantee you to hear the Lord say to you, Well done, the good and faithful servant. You're being faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And all of us must desire that. To hear those words. Guaranteed that you will hear those words if you consecrate your life and surrender you to the Spirit of God. You will hear those words. That's what Peter tells us in a different word. That if you do these things and be you, you will never fall. Guaranteed you'll get an abundant entrance in this heavenly kingdom. Desperate. Just talk to the Lord in your heart right now. Continue to yield yourself to him. Don't think you have attained. Paul did not think he had attained God help me. Lord, you're hearing the prayers of your children, their, their soul right now, they cry out to you. Thank you for all that's happened during this week. Encourage, to challenge, to convict us, to exhort and encourage us, to comfort us, to love you and serve you. And to look forward to the day when we see you. And that we've been able to do so with confidence and boldness. We give you thanks for everything. Your word that you've given. For the love of these people. Their hospitality. Their fellowship one with another. We just praise you and give you thanks. And there may be a sweet smelling silver. It's on to you even today. I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.